Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, dear. I'm actually going to stop it and wow. restart it. That was... Wow. That's That would have been so bad. That would have been... Ethan, that would have been so funny. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that tries to record a whole podcast without recording a podcast. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. That I still, I'm in shock. I'm in awe. The only reason that you people are hearing this podcast right now is because Patrick is a responsible, grown-up adult. <laughs> and I remembered that I didn't hit the big red button that says record on it. <laughs> I remembered the only thing that, that that makes that money ring, ring or ching ching in our <laughs> Patreon, Patreon coin. Well, did not happen. It didn't we happen. To record. I, was, I literally, Patrick and I were talking before the show, and he said, "You ready to start?" He said, "Yep." Neither of us had started recording, and I just went, "Welcome to the crunch," like as if it was all, all legitimate. We almost, go. we almost started a podcast and did a whole. We almost had a conversation. Yeah, that's what, what almost, almost happened. Did. Good thing <laughs> we didn't do that. Good that thing we awful. didn't talk to each other off air. Because <laughs> then, because then, how are we supposed to monetize our friendship? If we don't hit record. Um, it's in my contract that I can only talk to you over the phone for less than five minutes if we're not recording. <laughs> the wedding was super awkward because you were like in my house and we couldn't talk. <laughs> we couldn't talk. We used up our five minutes every morning and then I just stonewalled Patrick for the rest of the day. And every time you try to talk to me, I go, uh-uh, uh-uh, and I point at my wallet. Mm-hmm. Not, on the, not on the clock. Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, how do, how do podcast That's unions work? Is it like, because, you know, in, in, in the Screen Actors Guild, you know, you can't like... You can't like do a movie mm. if you're not getting paid. So, like, America's you, most important union, yes, the Screen Actors the, the Guild, the SAG, and so for the Podcasters Guild, the the Podcaster Guild, the PG, if you will, can we are we you, is our union going to allow us to have a conversation that's not on the air? Uh, I think if they don't, what we do is we get a whole bunch of guys together and we strike against the union, mm-hmm. um, and we we form kind of a group, a governing body that demands, you know, the union allow us to have certain freedoms and rights and liberties so that we can uh, live, you know, as we, as we ought. Mm -hmm. We got it. We got to You and I got to form a a Catholic union of podcasters, but because we have some podcasters that are outside of the country, it has to be international. So we're going to have to have the international Catholic union of podcasters or the ICUP. I am so angry. (laughs) You have ruined Christmas. You have, Patrick, you have, have single-handedly del- stolen Christmas. They, I Oh, what's this? My phone's ringing? Oh, it's the, the, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops telling me that we canceled the eighth day of Christmas because Patrick just made that joke. The octave has been cut short. It's only a, 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 sec, a septive. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. No okay. more jokes. I don't even want to. That's it. That's it. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs> I'm done. All right, everybody. Everybody, since Ethan's gone off the podcast, everybody stop what you're doing right now. I have, I have, I know this sounds like an ad, but it's not. I have your 
New Year's resolution here, right here in my back pocket, okay? You're welcome. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to put it right in front of you on your dashboard when you're listening to this podcast, and you're going to stop what you're doing, unless you're driving. You're going to stop what you're doing. You're going to open your phone. You're going to go to Facebook, and you're going to search groups, and you're going to search the Crunch <laughs> Podcast, and you're going to join the Crunch Podcast <laughs> Facebook group. That's your New Year's resolution. Look, you click wow. a button, and you're done for the whole year. You don't have to do anything for the whole year. It's like 2020. You didn't have to do anything this year. Wow. I thought that was going to be something else, and it turned out to be a great plug. Great plug. Great plug. Uh, Patrick, I'm interested in one thing and one thing only before we get into the to, to the meat of what we're talking about today. What did you get for Christmas? What did I get for Christmas? Did we did we podcast before Christmas? I'm pretty sure we podcasted we, after Christmas. We podcasted after Christmas, but we didn't... I think we talked a little bit, but we mostly talked about Don Quixote. Oh, that's right. So, Phoebe got me um, some whiskey stones, which are nice. They're like, you freeze them, and they have my initials yeah. on them, which are also her initials, oh, so really? a little selfish. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> Wait, so did she did she do that herself, or did she get that professionally done? She got it professionally done. It was very fancy. Mm. She also got me this little always, cigar Always holder. pay a professional to handle your stones. <laughs> yeah, they, the, the, the whiskey stones were called balls of steel. And, uh, <laughs> were they, they really? Yeah, and they every, every purchase donates to uh, testicular cancer research, so it's like for a good cause. You know, mm. it's so, every, yeah. every, every purchase donates to some guy poking some dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's, I'm going to be thinking really, about every time really I what that money goes to. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I got those and she also got me this, uh, this, this little cigar holder that goes on the, it hooks on Ooh. the end of your, your whiskey glass. So you can set your cigar down on your whiskey glass. You can hold your cigar and your whiskey in one hand. That's great. Yeah. It's really cool. That and is so, really neat. So Phoebe enabled my uh, my cigar and whiskey habits, and uh, everybody got me a bunch of books. Oh, Phoebe got me a. She also got me a uh, a picture book. So, so uh, Gustave Doré, the famous illustrator, he illustrated uh, the Divine Comedy, and he also illustrated Don Quixote. And so there's a bunch of pencil sketchings oh, of Don Quixote, cool. and she, she got me this uh, like coffee table book that's all of his illustrations for Don Quixote. That's really sweet. It is. He's got some really famous ones on there. It's like ones you'd be like, oh, I didn't know he drew that. I'm so excited to be in your house and look at your coffee table books when, <laughs> I, when, I've, when I've used up my talking time. That's what I'll that's You'll what I'll sit do. and you'll look at pictures and you'll go, ooh, 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 I remember ooh. that scene. And I'll the talk famous, to, the I'll famous talk to picture, you through Phoebe. The famous picture of him versus the windmills is, is Gustave Doré. If if in your, Don, your copy of Don Quixote, there will probably be a couple of pictures of from Gustave Doré in there. Probably. They're really easy I haven't to looked print. Too, too closely. It's a Wordsworth classic, which ah. means it was $6 at half price books. That's amazing. So it's not, not the nicest uh, copy, but it's great. It works. What did you uh, get for I, Christmas? Just one side note. I know we talked about Don Quixote last week, but I was reading it. And sometimes the English translation from the old, the centuries old Spanish is interesting because it's an 18th century English translation. It's talking about how Sancho was picking up some food from a group of priests that Don Quixote attacked because he thought that they had killed somebody. And he got all the food up in his, up in his uh, uh, satchel and he put it on his donkey and it said, he laid the booty on his ass. And that <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my favorite, so my favorite thing is uh, that. <laughs> my favorite thing about taking the class was that the the lady who like studied Don Quixote her entire life was able to point out things that I didn't know. For instance, a Spanish euphemism that becomes important later in the book. Um, Sancho oh. really has to go to the bathroom. 
Uh And uh, instead of saying he really had to go to the bathroom, it says he had to do that which no one can do for you. (laughs) Which is apparently something that people in Spain at that time said. And so he takes a big old dumperoo like 20 feet away from Don Quixote. (laughs) We should bring that back. I gotta go. I gotta go do the thing that none of you guys can do. For I gotta me. go see a guy about a horse. <laughs> so, what did I get for Christmas? Uh, Emma was very sweet, very thoughtful. I'm very excited about uh, uh, my gifts. Um, one of which being a crucifix made out of cow bone Ooh. that uh, Emma got for me. It's uh, it's got the the dove, the Holy Spirit, on the top of the of the cross. And then it's kind of got, not in like a weird cheesy way, because some of these can be really weird, but it's got like the father holding Jesus on the cross mm-hmm. um, and then Jesus crucified. And it's just really beautiful. Um, wow. And yeah, she got that for me. She also got me the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible New Testament, which I am. Whew, oh, yeah, you told me. You showed about. me that. I did. I did. I sent you a picture of that. Some good good things. I'm really excited about the about the crucifix. Really excited about the the study Bible. I was I was already just like deep in the footnotes. It's got a concise concordance in the back, and Ooh, I'm loving it. I love concise concordances. It's so fun Gotta to say. A good concordance. It is. Uh, uh, you want to highly hear recommend cool. the the new the study Bible. What do you say? So I'm definitely I'm definitely late on this train, but sure. the liturgy of the hours slaps. It's great. oh my goodness. Let's talk about the liturgy of the hours for a bit. Okay, uh, so I just what, can't pray on my phone, right? It's just really okay. hard to pray on my phone. And so, like when I when I'm like I'm gonna pray the liturgy of the hours, I guess I'll pray it on my phone. It's like that's always been what's kind of turned me off from it. But I was always like I'm not gonna get a breviary until I know I'm gonna pray the liturgy of the hours. But it's hard to get into the habit of praying on my phone. And so, I was kind of in this in this this loop, right? Yeah. Where I was Heart like, horse. I want to pray the liturgy of the hours, but I'm on my phone anyway. And but I, I've recently been like I was at mass and I was like, you know, I really want to get more into the liturgy in general. And I know one of the ways to do that is pray the liturgy of the hours. And I knew that I had volume two at my house because it was just in a pile of books and I picked it up and I was like, oh sweet volume two, but volume two is Lent. Okay. Mm. And I was like, okay, maybe I can like go to the Catholic bookstore and pick up Christian prayer. And so, but the Catholic bookstore was closed. My mom knows someone at that bookstore. She texted her. She was like, oh, Patrick, I'll open this door for Patrick. And so she was like, what does he want? And I was like, I want a breviary. And she's like, oh, okay, we'll see what we can do. And they don't sell the breviaries individually. But I was like, I'm not going to buy a full set because they're like $150. <laughs> I was like, I can't do yeah. that. Um, but I'll buy Christian Prayer. Christian Prayer was a little out of my price range. But she walked up to me and she 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 handed me a, a leather case. It was a breviary in a leather case. And she was like, somebody donated this. You can have it. Whoa. Whoa. And it was volume three, which is Ordinary Time One. Uh. And so I have Ordinary Time One, which is coming up soon. And I have Lent and Easter and Ordinary Time One picks up after Easter does. And so like I have uh, I have a breviary. I have half of the four volume breviary completely for free. And that's great. And I'm like, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna uh keep quote unquote dumpster diving for breveries. So I'm just trying to find volume one and volume four. Um <laughs> because I, I was I was I went in there and I was like, if they sell them individually, I wanna get volume three because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christmas is almost over. And she handed me volume three in like a really nice case. And it's like it's used and there's like people the the lady who had it before like wrote in the margins. And oh. I saw one of the notes in the margins was January twenty seventh, twenty eleven, 47th wedding anniversary. And I was like, Wow. wow huh? So this person wow. probably passed away. That's actually really sad. But I was gonna Shoot. 
I mean, I mean, who? How else would one single bravery out of a four volume set get donated? It's like someone found it in her stuff and donated it to the church. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I've been a big in, the, especially in the past like month and a half, I've been big in the Christian prayer game. Uh, That's great. I, I don't have the four volume set, um, but maybe eventually. As of right now, I've really been cooking on the uh, on the morning prayer. Evening prayer is is difficult, uh, just because it's like not a habit of mine to yeah. pray at five p.m. Uh, it it will be soon, and then night prayer has been really really consistent. And that's Emma and I have have found that that's something that's really easy to do over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to well, we we usually pray or we've been praying for the longest time the DMC every night, uh, but then we started praying night prayer just because it's. I guess more appropriate and also mm-hmm. uh, it's just good to, to pray the Psalms. It's also good to mix things up for yeah. once in a while. Um, and so we've been praying night prayer, which has been really, really good. So one of the gifts that I got for her for Christmas, cause if you're, if you're not invested in the Christian prayer, it's kind of hard to figure out where all the ribbons go and like oh, yeah. where you need to be. And it's just very, it took, it took me years to really fig- piece it all together. Um, and so I got Emma, the, the little office of the blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. For Christmas. Yeah. Which is just great. Cause it's straight up just Sunday through Saturday. Um, all, all the days, morning, evening prayer. And then there's one night prayer that you pray every single night. So it's just, it's super simple. Super simple. And yeah. there's a variety, variety in the readings that you can do. So you're not reading the same readings over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really, really handy. Uh, and so she's been getting into it more, which is really, really cool to see. Um, but I, they do I, have, they do have shorter Christian prayer. That's like just the Psalter. Just Ooh. the four weeks. Oh, yeah. that's nice. I should I should look into that too. It's morning and evening. Yeah, there's only uh, two ribbons, so it's a lot easier. Ooh, maybe I, maybe I should have gotten her that. Maybe I'll get her both. Who knows? You can double it up. Uh, you can double it up. I met a I met up. a family. They live in Steubenville, obviously. If this is the like, most Steubenville thing ever, but their their whole family, like from the young kid in fourth grade up to the college kid, they pray night prayer every night as a family, and so that's they great. had night prayer memorized. Oh, because it's only that's one the dream. Week. I know. I love it. It's crazy. I, I really love it. I think it's a good a good anchor for for my prayer. Um, in addition to to the other things that I get to do as a part of my schedule as a missionary. But ever since I developed the Nook, see the podcast about the Nook, the uh, Nook, the being being able to just get up out of my bed and have my my breviary right there has just made it so much easier to to get into the liturgy of the hour. So huge huge plus. As far as things that happened that went well in twenty twenty, liturgy of the hours, one of them. Boom, big thing. You smell that, Patrick? That's a transition. Wow, that's great. Are we not transitioning into the hot take time machine? Do you just want to skip hot take time machine and go into the... We could do a, a, a hot take time machine vis-a-vis what we said a year ago because this is the 20 Grid 21 episode. Yes, we can do that. Okay, uh, you go first. <laughs> Welcome to the 20 Grid 21 episode. Uh, we're going to forget about 20 Grid 20. It was 20 Grid okay. It was it was twenty groquet. It was it was fine. I'm not I'm not all I'm not all about the band. That's that's the funny thing is like, remember two years ago, maybe just a year ago. Remember a year ago when everyone was like, oh, man, 2019 sucked." That's what Who's, everyone who does said at that the end about of 2019. Year. What 2019 was great. What were people? Upset it was awesome. About? I don't know, but everyone everyone like everyone gets upset at the end of the year and they're like, "Man, I hated this year" because like everyone's yeah. miserable, uh, and and. And everyone's like, oh, man, 2020, like, yeah, 2020 is my year. And it's like, well, it was no one's year. But Aww. I'm not, 
I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go all in on 2020. I think 2020 was perfectly fine for what it was. It did what it was supposed to do, and uh, I'm I'm excited for 2021 just in general. I'm not, I'm never I don't I don't like hopping on the let's hate the last year bandwagon and stand the next year because you don't know what's gonna happen. Could be another pandemic. Who knows? Completely different one. Whoa. So last year we did I think we did like resolutions and that was the year that i said i was gonna this was the year i said i was gonna read 100 books and i did yay patrick Woo! i know i actually did proud. a thing and so i'm like yes. doing another i'm doing another uh resolution i'm doing it the exact same way i did it last year to make sure that i keep up with it and uh yeah i'm gonna write 100 articles this year it's gonna be great <laughs> you're, you're writing 100 articles this year mm-hmm. holy cow well oh sorry no the goal was 50 but i i left space for 100 to write Goodness. two per week if i want yeah look at you it's yeah uh can the, I be the your, title of the paper is can what? i be your your editor can we write an article together can can my sure, we can goal write be together. write one article with patrick this year write one article with patrick this year yeah sure you can do that all right sweet uh let's let's jump in i want to hear i want to hear about your 2020 i know we talked about the the books i know you're we're, you're already jumping ahead into the articles for 2021 which is a yes. strict violation of the the template that we laid out for this podcast <laughs> but uh i want to we're going to do the top 10 of 2020 uh-huh we're going to start with favorite book and i want to hear okay. from from patrick nevy you did talk about the 100 books i want to hear what your favorite book out of all those 100 books was okay my all-time favorite book not all time just from this year <laughs> yeah from this year i read 100 okay. so it's going to okay. be all time because it's like <laughs> the most books i've ever read in a year <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to look at the list. Good thing I have a picture of it. Um, is there a bug on? No, it's not a bug on me. I always I take was... pictures of the covers of the books that I read and put them in a folder on my phone so that I can just quickly, at a glance, see what I've read the past year, uh, which is what I'm looking at now. You should do that instead of writing out titles because nobody can read. Nobody can read. <laughs> Everybody see pictures go ooh. No, nobody read words. Nobody read word go aw. Uh, politicizing the Bible was awesome. Okay, who's that? The Servile by? State. You got to pick uh, one. Listen, I'm working on it. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I pick two? Yes. Okay, so my favorite book was uh, my favorite my favorite Catholic book that I read, which was also kind of just like my favorite book was um, was the uh, the theology of history in Saint Bonaventure, which Ooh. was the first one that I read. So it was all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Father Harrison lent it to me, and I liked it so much I bought it. It's uh, it's a book by Ratzinger about Bonaventure. So oh. it was it was precise. I've read a lot. I've read a lot, a lot of Ratzinger this year. But that's good. yeah. It, it it put a lot. It put a lot of things in perspective about like the way that history moves towards Christ, and it kind of set me up for everything I learned about about uh, post liberalism later, and like how mm-hmm. actually important it is for us to understand politics, not politics in like the narrow sense, but politics in the broader sense of something that is meant to sanctify the the way that the secular world is ordered to make it look more like heaven, the way heaven is ordered. 
Mm-hmm. And so that that was a that was a really great book. And it was it was like it was something I didn't realize that I wanted to read. But like you remember, I was reading that book all during Seek or SLS, and I was like yes. only reading that book during SLS. Yes, yes I do remember. Because I was like, I got to get through this before the end of the week because I had to give back to Father Harrison because he's going to go back mm-hmm. to Canada. And then um, a book that really changed the way that I view my career and like my my work was So Good They Can't Ignore You. It's a Cal mm. Newport book. Yeah. So Good They Can't Ignore You. It was a book about like really developing a skill and becoming really, really, really good at it and just keep honing your craft so that eventually it's just... You're just so good that people literally, they just, they can't ignore you. That's the title of the book. It's, it's a Steve Martin quote because he's like, I'm just going to become so good at stand-up comedy that people can't sleep on me. You know, it's wow. like, they gotta, they gotta get me on, uh, Oh, hello on Broadway. And they gotta put me on cheaper by the dozen too. And, uh, then I'm going to play the banjo, you know, that's that whole thing. So that, that, that changed the way that I looked at evangelization. I was like, as as like as something that I do for a living, so I need to become really really good at it, so that that becomes like my thing, you know. It, it, anyway, and also it's also changed the way that I'm looking at writing too, and I, I need to like not just be okay with how good I am at certain things. I need to constantly be improving. So those are my two mm-hmm. favorite books. That's great. Uh, I have a a harder time just because I don't have such a wide list to select from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I also think that the first book I read this year has probably been the one that's stuck with the, me the most. I don't know. I, I read two Michael O'Brien books this year that I thought were really, really good. Um, Voyage to Alpha Centauri and Island of the World. And mm-hmm. both of those I just are kind of like they've imprinted themselves on my brain a little bit. Um, like I remember th- there's just something about I was flying back from SLS and I was on the plane and I was reading Voyage to Alpha Centauri. And I just remember like reading this book and feeling drawn into I, it's it's just something that doesn't happen very often when you read fiction. Like I, I felt like I was drawn out of maybe it's just because I was coming off of a great week and there was lots of prayer and there was lots of grace and it was a ton of fun. Um, but I, just something about the way that that book was written and uh the themes that it discusses of culture, like it uses this little world on a spaceship to kind of critique the surveillance state, the, the cultural hegemony um, that kind of postmodernism has on the world, the anti-theism um, talks about just conversion and like how, how long it takes for a hardened sinner to, to convert and the, the process of evangelization and all these things mm. are kind of wrapped up in this story of this, old Mexican physicist who gets on this ship and uh, it just, I don't know. It, it, it stuck with me for a long time. Similar to Island of the world. It's just like this huge, you know, it's crazy, crazy spanning story of this guy who is, uh, grows up in world war two and like his whole village gets pillaged and, and all the women get raped and all these things. And he Mm. ends up escaping, but then gets discovered by, communists and gets thrown into a a communist prison on a on an island that's like a real island that was very famous for how cruel it was and like details the 50 years of his life after he escapes from this prison and so it's just like uh again it's just one of those things this is very deeply human stories which is why i think michael o'brien is just a phenomenal author because he oh yeah he creates these characters that you just think about all the time and you see 
the ways that the, that story connects with your life, even though I'm never going to be on a spaceship and I'm hopefully never going to go to a communist prison. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's something that's yeah. missing from, from popular science fiction now. Oh, it's yes. like, it's Absolutely. what, it's what makes Dune better than star Wars. It's like yes. Dune was a critique of the world that existed at the time of Frank Herbert. And it's why the sequel, so it's why like the, the, extended sequels of dune aren't as good and it's mm-hmm. why star wars isn't as good it's just because like haha funny alien be monster too uh-huh. you know it's like that that's that's what star wars is it's like oh no way that's boba fett you know like, that's all that star wars is now it's not really a critique of anything yeah real yeah yeah my my prof- my television professor my communications professor in college he loves sci-fi and i was always like what's the big deal you know mm. fake it's technology great. and he's like you don't get it I read a lot of sci-fi this year. I didn't include a lot of the books, but I read the entire Hyperion, the four book Hyperion series. I read a lot of the Expanse by James A. Corey. Um, I read uh, some Ian Banks. Uh, I read a book by Craig Allenson. Like I read, just read a couple more science fiction than I have in the past. Because in the past, I just read Dune, and that was it. Um, yeah, we got to stop I, mentioning books because then we got we got to put them on our on our book page. I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, I read a lot of science fiction, and I agree with your assessment overall. Is like, it's very rare that you get. Like, I think the Ian Banks Culture series is really good because it critiques like the whole idea is that there's this intergalactic society named the Culture that only cares about uh, pleasure and technological advancement and enjoyment of the material things. Before that they've created. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like the culture I think is pretty obviously America or at the very least like Western world. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of two, I only read uh, like one book in the series so far and it's kind of a lots of different books about lots of different people, but all about kind of the same culture. Um, And so I think that that's good, but you have to really look for it. Like it's not going to be the popular science fiction book of the day. Like the expanse series is good and it's fun popcorn read, but it's not, it's not critiquing anything, you know, it's not, it's not doing anything other than, entertaining you which is fine like they're that books can be that and that's okay in fact you probably should read some of those books if you're going to try to read a hundred in a year because otherwise your brain is going to hurt too much so yes and you'll get yeah you'll you'll yeah tell me (laughs) it it happened a little bit tell me about your least favorite book that you read okay my least favorite book i listened to the audiobook version which is which is good because if i had bought it i would have hated myself um, I ended up screaming in my car at this audiobook. I like paused oh. the book and I ranted to myself for like 20 minutes about the, okay. So it was called 21 lessons for the 21st century. And who's it by? Who's the author? I have no idea. Okay. Well, good. We don't, I, we don't I, care I, about them. We don't care about, he's like, a, he's an, he's a New York times bestseller. He's like culture critique or critic or whatever. And it's twenty one. He, he it's twenty one different subjects that he touches on. He touches on evolution. He touches on religion. He touches on atomic, like nuclear weapons. You know all these things. So it's like he's very obviously not an expert in any of these things. Sure. Because there's no way you could be an expert in all of these things. And so somehow he's writing a book on these twenty one different subjects. He, it's it's funny because. The Middle East is an entire chapter, and so is, like, <laughs> nuclear war is an entire chapter, and, like, religion yeah. is an entire chapter, and politics, and I'm like, how are you, how are you talking about all of these things in one chapter? Uh-huh. The Middle and East. The one exactly. big country of the Middle East. The Middle East, you know, that one country. And this is, this is, this is something that I, that I, uh, 
that I just couldn't understand about, you know, the I've read I read George George W. Bush's autobiography and 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 Barack Obama's autobiography, and they they both talk about the Middle East, and they sound like absolute buffoons when they talk about Islam, because it's like they're like I just don't understand why democracy isn't working, and I'm like yeah, because they're they don't believe in that, you know, it's like they their religion <laughs> does not operate that way. They right. can't. They, you don't get to vote on Allah's will. That's just not how it works. And you're like you're 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 jamming something. You're jamming liberalism into a into a, a non-liberal society, and it's not going to work. Um, but anyway, and so this guy very obviously also didn't understand the Middle East because he talked about this in the Middle Eastern chapter and the chapter on religion. And um, the thing that got me the most was when he was talking about the introduction of monotheism. Okay. Okay. And he said the Jews didn't invent monotheism. Okay. And I was like, you're right. God did. God did. Um, the obviously, mono, the monotheo, God. God, God <laughs> did. And he, he, he started off by saying, first of all, let me, let, like, let me say this. I'm Jewish. And there's no, there, there are no more I people. Can't, that, like, I can't hate monotheism. I have Jewish friends. <laughs> I have Jewish friends. And it was funny because he was like, he was like, by the way, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm Jewish. And he's like, there's no, people are, it's like something along the lines of like, People, the people that critique Jews the most are Jews. And I was like, okay, fine. That's true. Mm -hmm. Sure, I guess. Like, let's, let's move on from your, your cultural posturing. And he's like, I'm going to be mean to the Jews. And I'm like, okay, all right. Okay. (laughs) Um, Please don't. And, and he goes, he goes, the Jews didn't invent monotheism, whatever. He was like, it was around for a while. I'm like, yes, that's also in line with you know christian thought and jewish thought you can come to the conclusion of one god on your own it just takes a lot of brain power (laughs) you have to be really smart you have to be really smart and he talked about how the prevalence of monotheism is one of the things we need to get rid of in the 21st century Mm. and the reason why he's like if you look historically this is the this is my favorite part he was like (laughs) because they believe in more gods the pagans were the most tolerant no (laughs) and i was like oh is that is that so that's the part where i turned off my radio and i was like i turned Uh, my car and i was my car radio and i was like i was like are you kidding me why why don't you i was like here's why here's why we need to get doc doc brown in here we need to to put put little put little uh the 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 jew boy in the in the in the delorean send him on back and 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 you go tell that to polycarp you go you go talk to him be like be like hey polycarp these pagans you don't understand they're actually super they're actually really tolerant and they you should be getting along with them just fine like you i don't understand what the problem is they're cool like what why (laughs) polycarp why are you being so uncool right now why are you getting killed you need to chill man could you just stop for a second what are you doing and i was like i was like this this is just the 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 myth that that this guy lives in other people live in is that somehow paganism was this like utopia where anybody could do whatever they wanted because we didn't have religion you know and it's like i don't understand how someone could be so ahistorical and also be like you guys don't understand history. Pagans were like super tolerant. I just, yeah. I just don't get it. I, I think what we need to do is just recognize that all those Mayan children that were sacrificed, they just were intolerant. They were just they intolerant. Just, That's they just why were they intolerant. Got they were intolerant of the pagan beliefs of the time, which said that they had to have their heads chopped off, you know, to yeah. live, so that the sun could come up. The so, next the, day. so that the sun could come up the next day. How? 
dare you, Mayan child, wish to live? <sighs> so intolerant. I just don't understand the, how you could is, live in this, like, this the dumbest this, thing I've ever heard. This cognitive dissonance where at the same time believing in the gods was superstition and that's why we need to get rid of religion and also besides if we're going to believe in gods we should be fault but we should be pagans because they were like super tolerant and well it goes it, i think it goes both ways too of like it's either it's either paganism or atheism like these are the two most tolerant things it's like paganism yeah like you said the in bc times and also the first 300 years of christianity and also everywhere else where paganism exists not a lot of tolerance also atheism uh let's let's think about 1917 let's think about the french revolution that's let's think my about, point like this either either uh paganism or atheism are very distinctly not tolerant and so it's just like this guy i would like to sit down with him so that i can personally thump him on the forehead yeah, and, he t- and he, it was funny is he talked about how people don't understand the Middle East and how foreign policy doesn't understand the Middle East because they don't understand the religion of the Middle East. Again, painting with very broad strokes here. The religion is like Sunni Islam, Shiite Islam. You're like talking about several different types of Islam. And it, it, it was funny because he he mentioned the prevalence of religious war and how that's something we need to get rid of once and for all in the 21st century. And I'm like, buddy. Mm-hmm. that's the least of our worries yeah is that it sorry was vietnam a religious war whose religion was that who were we who 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 was religiously fighting that war two largely atheistic countries were just going at it i don't understand i don't understand how people in 2020 can mm-hmm. look back on the in the 21st century can look back on the 20th century and go man religion really causes a lot of wars <laughs> Yeah. Truman didn't drop the atomic bomb because of his religion. He did, but that's a that's a side note. Okay, it's because <laughs> it's he was a religion. Because he was a Mason is why he dropped the bomb. <laughs> Let's just be clear on that one. One of the three conspiracy theories that I wholeheartedly believe, along with the along with the detergent thing that Andrew Business Jordan confirmed on the podcast so yeah that was the worst book i read in 2020 dang that's well that that's a whole that's a whole podcast in and of itself it was like uh, 21 horrible books altogether. <laughs> 21 chapters of yuck i could barely finish it it was awful i think the worst book that i read this year was probably so i did mention earlier the the science fiction series that i read called hyperion the first two books are great the third and fourth books well the first book is great the second book is okay the third book is what and then the fourth book is garbage and so it's just like Mm. it just sucks when you have an author who has a really promising uh concept and then he just takes it and goes in the wrong way and you keep reading it and you're like maybe because you love the ideas that are present in the story and i just thought that maybe he would pull up out of the nosedive and he never did and it just by the fourth book it was this girl talking about how it was just very much like you could tell that this guy was raised catholic and Mm -hmm thinks that eastern religion is the is the answer to everything and he like used Ah. one of the characters as a mouthpiece for all of that stuff and i was just like gosh this is it just wasn't enjoyable like it was fine and i'm not like angry that i read it i just didn't like it (laughs) and so uh yeah it it is what it is but yeah I'm, i'm glad that i didn't have as much of a visceral reaction to my least favorite book as as you did it's just I just I I forget what was going on. I think I was I think I was like preparing a talk on the martyrs, and like I heard him say pagans are really tolerant, and I was like, you absolute buffoon. 
You absolute <laughs> idiot. What are you talking about? You've fallen victim to one of the classic blunders, which is not knowing anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how... So I found I found the guy's name. Um, his, his last name is Harari. And he has Harambe? a PhD in history from Oxford. Oh, okay. That, that explains it. Oxford, Oxford would. Um, oh, my God. Okay, yeah, we got to we got to get you off this. We got to move on to the next. I know we got to move on. Otherwise, I'm gonna, gonna go. otherwise I'm going to have a friggin' cow. It's it's okay. You've already had the cow. He's here. There's He's no idea He's so great. stupid a professor wouldn't believe it. That's the that's the saying. There's no idea so absurd a professor wouldn't believe it. Um, I would like. So we've talked about books, and I think that's good because books are a very important part of our lives. We love to read. We love to talk about the things we read. We love to tease out the ideas. But I also want to talk about the things that go outside the page. The things in our lives, the best moments, and maybe some of the worst moments of your mm, 2020. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'll start. Best moment. Uh, started dating my girlfriend. That's kind of like top. That really happened. That was this of, year. That was the first week of January. So like that's kind of. Wow. Like, that's really been my whole year is is dating Emma, which is kind of great. That's awesome. Uh, so that's kind of been the, I would say, the main defining thing mm-hmm. <laughs> of of my year <laughs> is that. I now have been in a committed relationship for almost 12 months, uh, which is crazy. Never done that before. So that's a new, that's a curveball if there ever You're was right. one. Yeah. Uh, but it's been, it's been really good. So that's, that would be my top one. I think we should, we could get into some other ones too, but what's your, what would your top well, one Well, I mean, be? my best moment was like getting married. Whoa, hold on. You just, yeah. did you just one up me on my podcast? Only a little bit. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I think honestly the best moment like the moment in, where I was like kind of like taken out of myself was like we were I, I I couldn't sleep so I woke up early it was the day after the wedding I like and we were we we're staying at a hotel on the beach and I like I got I walked out into the balcony and mm. I like I like looked out on my hometown you know and I was like this is I, I just remember everything that kid, the light touches. everything the light touches <laughs> I was like, I remember, I was like, I remember being a kid at that church and I remember being, I remember like going to that ice cream store. I could like, I could see Melbourne. So like I could, I could see from the hotel we were staying, I could see to my house and I could see up to like my, the church where we got married. And I was like, I remember it was kind of an interesting moment. I was like, I remember my heart getting broken there and there and there. And I remember thinking about this moment. And wondering like when it was gonna come, and here it is. And it's not loud, it's not impressive, but it's peaceful. And yeah. I remember it's like it's like there's not a fanfare. It's like the credits aren't rolling, but like I'm here, and like this is my life now, and she's my life now, and like that was the best moment for me. Dang, your wedding was great. I would put that. It on was the list. awesome. I would yeah. put that on the list of things that were good for this year. Uh, being being the best man, wearing suspenders in public—that's what Ooh, I'm talking boy. about. Uh, another another really good moment that's obviously ranked number two is like I, for a long time in my in my high school years and like and in college as well, I was like I don't really have any guy friends, you know, and like sitting at sitting at in my in my on my porch with my brothers and you and Father Anthony and nino and daniel and like my boys and i was like oh mm. wait i do i was like these are my one, boys that one guy in a rock band yeah oh ryan heck yeah <laughs> it was kind of interesting because like i met all of these people individually you know like i i had never like it wasn't like we had a friend group and the friend group was hanging out at the at the at the bachelor party it was like 
someone that I met, like I met you independently of Father Anthony and independently of Nino and Daniel and Ryan. But like you guys all came together and you guys all for the for the most part got along, you know, like that was good. Yeah, you didn't see when me and Nick uh, fought <laughs> while you were getting ready in the for in the, the front yard. Me and me and Nick Nevy wrestled, and I I pinned him to the ground. I said, "Foot quarterback that." That's what I said to him <laughs> yesterday, uh, we were throwing we were throwing the old pigskin around the front yard. Oh they got yeah, a new football for a new football for Christmas. Top ten and, moments uh, of twenty twenty. Nick was like. Nick was like, go long, or no, sorry, I, I said go long to Nick kind of as a joke, and I like chucked it at him, and it like, it did a pretty good spiral, and Nick caught it, and my mom was like, whoa, and Nick was like, Patrick, you got an arm, and I was like, huh, maybe I should be the quarterback for the Florida Gators instead of Nick, <laughs> what a nerd. That's funny. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Uh, man, other than, other than that, other than like in just in general, my friends, like I have friends getting married and uh, going to weddings, which is always a highlight of my, of my month. Anytime I get to go to a wedding, uh, Becoming a, a team director was probably the best, another really good thing. I didn't really have a lot of moments, but I had a lot of life changes, like becoming, taking on a new role um, in focus, having a girlfriend. Uh, all of these things were, were really, really powerful for me because it just meant that I had to start changing how I lived. You know, I could no longer indulge in my my boyish uh, uh, sensibilities. I had to, ah, yes. I, I had to mature. And so I think that's, that's kind of, I guess, 2020 was just a big year of like me looking my my immaturities in the face and having to decide whether or not I wanted to hold on to them. And for the most part, I've I've started the process of shedding a lot of those things. So that's, I, it's just hard to say like that's a moment, you know? Like there's, there's really yeah. not not a lot of other um, moments, I suppose. But that's, yeah, getting getting a new team. Being a being a team director, having a great priest, like all of those things, kind of contributed to just like an overall um, mm-hmm. different quality of like my my life over the past, you know, six months at least, which has just been it's been great. It's deepened my prayer, it's deepened my my ability to love other people and like sacrifice more. Uh, I have a boom arm for my podcast now, which is a <laughs> big. I say that's that's top top five, top five at least. Because <laughs> I don't. What have was to, your I worst can, moment of twenty twenty? Oh, Patrick. Um probably I, we've made it so far without talking about the pandemic. And so I think now is like the time where we have to maybe <laughs> bring it up. Um, the, there were two distinct moments. Oh, this is, this is actually f- fits into the kind of this bittersweet, like favorite moment combined with the worst moment right before all the students left Tulsa. It, we had one last Wednesday night mass in March Mm. Um, where there were a lot of students and everybody just kind of knew that we weren't going to really see each other for a while. And so everybody hung out till like midnight, you know, in the, just the church lobby and we played music and we danced and we shot Nerf guns at each other and we like wrapped towels around our heads and just stood on the couches. And it was, it was just really weird and really fun. And so that was just like this strange send off to like a different time of my life, you know, when mm-hmm. I kind of think about it. Um, 
and then kind of everybody leaving and then that spring break we were supposed to go to denver to do christ in the city but that spring break was just nobody knew what was going on nobody knew if we could go to the store nobody knew if we could leave our house it was just really weird um and so that was just i was really in a bad in a bad place that week so that was like a, a, a sad moment and then the other one was um getting the email that uh training was canceled Mm. And then I wouldn't get to go to Florida and then because for my last training, uh, which is really, really sad. And then the seek 2021 being canceled, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are some just like training is such a beautiful time. I was just thinking about that and like not having this like weird month retreat with like a bunch of holy people. It, it's sad because that's not something that most people ever get. Um, yeah. And so it was just a unique privilege of being a missionary that kind of got taken away. And then obviously everybody knows that I come the most alive when I'm at seek. And so it's just, <laughs> you're it's a different, just, you're a different animal. It's like a different I, beast I, entirely. I, it's like the, the full moon comes up and I start howling and it's, it's just different. Instead so of seek, you should sad. just come to, uh, to Melbourne because I went I went to like downtown Melbourne and oh boy we did not do anything the week of the wedding like there's so much more to do you were, I, you were so stressed that I we, know. Couldn't, we couldn't do anything you you got to got to learn the delegation word my friends next time you get I, married next time we get married <laughs> uh, no no this is this is I I I, I now have I now have I'm now fully indebted to you, to Nino, to my brothers, and to Daniel. And so now every wedding from now on, I will be doing what I was trying to do at my wedding, which is everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really did try to do everything at your own wedding. I just, uh, I wanted to help you and support you, but I was also just like, man, just breathe. Ask ask somebody else to do it. I'm here. I'm literally doing nothing. Like, let, let me serve the, you. One of, the, one of the best moments was like, we were like, I was like, oh, I got to go grab Ryan. And, and he was like, and Ethan was like, you, you were like, you stay right there. What am I doing? And I was like, I was like, Ethan, can you get him? And he was like, yep. It was so great. I was like, <laughs> I made what you, a great I'm, guy. <laughs> I made you sit down. There were so many times where we're just like, breathe. Stop. Sit down. <laughs> have a drink. Sit down. Uh, it was great. I want to hear, uh, I want to hear your, your worst, the worst ofs. So like not a lot of people not being able to come to the wedding was really mm. tough. That is that was sad, yeah. Especially Teresa, like that really sucked. Big that Teresa bummer. wasn't able to come. Uh Father Harrison getting trapped in Canada. Um, yeah. Uh, that, I mean he is he is and he's always been trapped in Canada. He's always been trapped in Canada. Uh I think I think the beginning of the pandemic when like I couldn't put my phone down and yeah. I was starting counseling at the same time and like when she did the clinical examination and she was like, "Yeah, you have generalized anxiety." I think that really sucked. Mm-hmm. Like learning about that and learning how to cope with that and realizing that it's like, "Oh, it's not just me." Cuz like when I'm when I'm when I'm like feeling really anxious and it's like, "Oh, this is just me being me and I can control this. I can stop it." But learning that I really can't just not ha- be anxious, you know. It's like I can I can yeah. learn how to like control it, but learning that I had to learn how to control it, as opposed to the fiction that I was telling myself earlier, which is like, oh, I can just turn my feelings off. I can just stop feeling it. No, no, that's not that's not integration yeah. of the human person. That's not how it works at all, Patrick. And so that that was kind of that that kind of sucked. And then and then realizing that I wasn't gonna see my students for a really long time. That was hard yeah. too. Yeah, a lot of bummers, but. 
I don't know. When I think back on the year, I don't think of the bummers. Like I really, mm-hmm. it is sad that we don't have Seek, and it's sad that we missed out on a lot of time with like the seniors last year and the summer was weird and we didn't have training. Like those things really do suck. But like when I think back on the year, I don't think about that stuff. Like that's not my first thought. Like I think about you getting married and I think about uh, my relationship and I think about like the time that I did get with all of the people that I spent time with, you know? And I think it, it really is just a mindset thing of, um, I'm there. We'll get, we'll get into this in the next segment, but just people talking about how, like, oh, we're so excited for 2021 to be here. 2020 sucked. Blah 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 blah. It's like it bad really things isn't... don't end at on December 31st. Bad, <laughs> bad things. Bad things don't end until the end of time. And yeah. so it really just does, depends on your mindset. Like, did you choose Christian joy and Christian hope this year, or did you succumb to what the culture told you to do, which was chalk it up as a loss and just let everything suck? Because that is just so so sad to me. Like, there are people who probably were were could have been responsibly safe in seeing their friends who chose to stay inside you know a a lot more often right there's people who chose netflix and youtube and isolation over sourdough Uh, and let's let's face it video games and pornography and all these other things that are are just you know not not good when they could have created a bubble of two or three or four or five friends you know they could have done that Mm -hmm. a lot of people did do that but instead a lot of people chose it so like it makes sense that because they chose that out of fear that they're going to have a a terrible 2020 but like i don't know i just think it's really different for the people who uh, chose to be responsible and chose to be i don't know I just think there's a lot of people who who missed out on on what this year could have been because they maybe listened to the news a bit too much. From the concrete gurus, as as said on one of the best albums of 2020, Jesus is King. It's a I think from the concrete gurus is like a reference to something. it's yeah it's a reference to a Tupac song I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, so with that kind of introduction, I want to hear about your least favorite phrases that came out of 2020. I have a couple of mine and I've got oh, justifications yeah. for them, but I would like to hear yours first. My, my, I'm going to, first of all, my favorite phrase, I want to say my favorite phrase first. My favorite oh, okay. phrase yeah. is, is from, is from the generation Z, the generation known as zoomers, uh, the generation formerly known as iGen. Um, it's the blank for me. That's my favorite. Huh? They're like, Oh, it's the, it's the, it's the haircut for me. And it's like a, it's like what? a, a, a what does it's that even thing. mean? Uh, it's like it's like if when somebody when, says it's when, the haircut for me. What are they trying to communicate? They're trying to communicate that um, it's either it's either a diss, like oh it's the it's the haircut for me, like that's what does it for me. That's what like makes me hate you or something like or oh. or it's like it's like or it's like oh it's the haircut for me or it's like oh that's what makes me think that you're awesome. It's like that's that does it for me. It's like that's it's the haircut for me. Something like that. I like uh, it's very funny. It's um, weird. That's so. It is weird. weird. My favorite phrase. And my least favorite phrase is the word surge. <laughs> I've heard it so many times. My least favorite phrase is a word. My least favorite word is the word surge. Cases are surging. Votes are surging. Everything <laughs> is surging. And I'm like... Surge in general. <laughs> surge in general. Exactly. We've talked about this already. Um, I think I think the... There's just there's just no other way that newscasters can say can talk about cases like coronavirus cases without talking about them surging. Once you once you start l- listening for it, you're gonna hear it everywhere. Oh yeah. Okay, What's your least favorite phrase? I already oh, know your gosh. least favorite phrase. 
Which one? If you had to guess, what would you say it is? Social distancing. I let me let me add this on to the end. Maintain social distancing. That's Maintain what really gets me. Social distancing. If people I love just, practice social distancing. I here's here. It's just the the way that it, I know that some middle manager just typed that out and thought that they were so socially responsible when they when they made their little graphic that says maintain social distancing because it's let's let's imagine this right it's 2020 you know about the coronavirus pandemic you're wearing a mask you go into a restaurant and it says on us on one of the tables it says sorry this table is closed to maintain social distancing i thought it was closed because the chairs were broken you know like right what you, like like what you don't have to tell me why it's closed just say that like it just you could just say closed or no, tape Ethan, it off or thing. take away the chairs I, I don't need you to tell me that we have to maintain social distancing that doesn't even make any sense maintaining implies that some there was some sort of adherence prior it's like everybody walk in and maintain the six foot distance that you definitely kept when you walked through the doors that are two feet apart from each other like what are we talking about it's i just I, don't that that phrase really gets me it really it gets really me. does get me but here's the thing ethan you got they have to they have know, to say I know, why I know, I know. They have to say why, and I'll tell you why. I was at a Publix the other day getting a sub sandwich, and a pub sub. That's what we call down here in Florida. Yeah, I've had pub subs. Yeah, there was a lady who was getting really, really pissed because it was taking a long time to get her sub sandwich. She's like, "I've been coming here since 1970." Okay, all right. And uh, yeah, and I was like, "Listen, if if I've been coming here since 1970, and it's always been this bad." And I was like, "Then go to a different Publix." Anyway, (laughs) there, there was a sign. She was like, why is it taking so long? Like, why are there only two people up here? Like, get other people up here. And there were only two people serving subs because of a sign on the on the on the on the register that said, only two people can make subs at a time to maintain social distancing. And I was like, read the sign, lady. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so but you know someone would walk in and be like, Why is this table closed? Oh, because of social distancing. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And so if they can get mad at a sign, you know, I think that's why they have it there. Yeah. My yeah. least favorite my least favorite way to phrase it is practice social distancing. Really? Because to practice something means that you could get it wrong, and so it's like I'm still I'm sorry I'm sorry I can't I'm so I didn't socially distance I'm still practicing I'm still trying uh, to figure out how to do it. Similar to surge, my my word is probably midst. midst. I can't in the midst in the oh it's just every every homily every video every everything is just saying it can be challenging to live out our Christian faith in the midst of a pandemic. It's oh it just. The word midst for whatever the reason, midst. just the like, yes, we, we know, like, I just am tired of people like constantly reminding me that I am in the midst of a pandemic. Like, yes, I am aware. Like you, <laughs> I promise you that there's nobody that doesn't know. <laughs> that's why, that's why I like pretending like I'm just hearing about it for the first time in December. Oh yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. And, and here's the thing. I thought it would get old after a while. It didn't. It's, it doesn't. No one old. else it's was doing so it. so funny. I know. Because everybody takes it so so dang serious. That's one of the things that I one of my favorite jokes that I made was probably like November. I told Emma, I was like, man, I really got to start taking vitamins. This this COVID thing seems pretty serious. It's <laughs> 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 like, where was this in March? Where was this in March? I wasn't uh, worried about it until literally right now. <laughs> oh man, um, that's I think that's good. I think that's good for 2020. I don't, is there anything that we need else that you want to like look back on and reflect on as far as 2020? No, I am really excited for the next year because I just keep getting, I just keep getting better. I just, the grind never stops. I just keep I getting better. And so 2021, I'm getting more and more I can't powerful. be stopped. So that was um, our, that was a good top 10 things of 2020. That is good. Um, top half 10. Of which, yep. Half of which were worse things and there were only six. Um, 
I just want to say it explicitly so no one counts. And uh, yeah, so so what do you? We we talked about we kind of already talked about what we're most proud of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. So what are you excited about in 2021? Well, um, just kind of uh, uh, there's there's a few things. Obviously, taking the next steps in my vocation. Um, timeline is not to be revealed in this podcast because that's not anyone's business. <laughs> timeline TBD. <laughs> uh, timeline TBD. You'll know when it happens, but I'm not. I'm not going to announce anything. I'm not telling nobody. It's, it's not anybody's business. That's what I love about. That's what I love about having a relationship because it's mine. Nobody else gets to know about it. Well, um, maybe the patrons. Patreon. Doc, maybe, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the patrons, subscribe on Patreon, and I'll send you screenshots of me and Emma's texts. Um, <laughs> Oh, I gotta be quiet. I think Phoebe's taking a nap. Oh, sorry, Phoebe. Right. Uh, sorry for making Patrick laugh so much. Um, <laughs> sorry for being so dang funny. Sorry, so dang funny. Uh, so that's that's one. That's probably that's just number one. That's what I'm most excited for. Uh, obviously, the second thing is kind of a bigger bigger topic, and and maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. But I'm excited to to be done as a missionary, and I'm excited to get a, a regular boy office job, and begin being like a real lay person because right now i'm wow. kind of a fake lay person yeah um, <laughs> and th- there's a phenomenal catholic stuff you should know podcast that was just released today so the episode that came out uh december 31st it's called sacramentalized nonverts which is nothing new it's nothing new for their podcast it's nothing new for our podcast but the way that it just lays out this is the reality of the situation this is how many people are are um Dis, disaffiliating with religion this is how many people mm-hmm. are lapsed catholics this is how many people are nuns this is how many people are converting to evangelicalism um it the it just kind of points out how we're we're living in the world as if the numbers from 20 years ago are still true and not like there are new numbers that are true for right now and those numbers are accelerating like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse yeah like the i think one of the things that really stuck out to me was 1980 the percentage of people who identified as no religion was 5%. In 1990, the people who identified as no religion was 6%. So it increased a little bit. The people who identify now, 25%, a fourth of Americans say that they are not religious, which is just, it's, it, that's, it's an ins- that's an insane thing. And that's only gonna, it's, it's not linear, it's exponential, right? Which is why I think people are so, they, they're shocked. Like, oh, I can't believe this. It's like, no, it's gonna happen faster and faster and faster. And so one of the things that I'm really, really pumped for uh, is, uh, and maybe this is a whole podcast someday, but who knows, but like one of the things that people complain about the most in ministry and the kind of armchair evangelists online is just the bureaucracy of the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited as a late, cause as a late person, you don't have to ask priest permission to do anything. You can do whatever right. you want. And I'm so excited for that because, uh, I mean, I'll obviously have like people that I'm taught, like mentors and spiritual directors and people that like will make sure that I'm not just completely going off the rails. But in general, I have good ideas and I'm going to just do them and not wait for some parish secretary to like approve it or not approve it or like Mm -hmm. give me space or not give me space to do it. Because I really think like the parish is dying. The parish model is dying. It's going to go away or at least have to change in some form or another. Um, COVID is rapidly ensuring that and so it's not i'm not going to go and be like well, what ministry can i be a part of in the church because that's really just going to be like 
uh, keeping a corpse alive, you know, like I, I really am excited to go out onto the peripheries or, and become like a regular, you know, at coffee shops and bars and get to really know the people I work with and all of those things and, and begin pre-evangelization and evangelization with those groups of people and just kind of get out of the church structure. Yeah. Um, Go evangelize at a bar without being part of the bar evangelization ministry. Exactly. Exactly. And doing that by not just going once and trying to like find a stranger, but like going on the same day at the same time every single week and getting to be just maybe just the bartender, right? Getting to know that person every single week and then inviting them to come serve the poor with me, inviting them to just do something that's like outside of wherever that Mm -hmm. is. Like that can start to happen because you don't have quotas to fill anymore. You can just, you can just go at the pace that the, that it's meant to be at. Um, and I'm very excited for that. So that's, that's probably number one vocation. Number two is, is evangelization in a different way. Um, and then, yeah, we, there are some other things probably, but those, those are my two big ones. What about you? Um, I think I think I'm most excited to um, like evangelize my parish more. Okay. Especially because so, like, so the opposite the of what I the said. opposite of what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just just go even like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a committee within a committee. I'm just gonna super bureaucratize my you know. Um, <laughs> I, I I had a conversation with my deacon about this. I was like the deacon administrator, and I was like, hey, I want to get more involved in the liturgical life of the parish. And he was like, great. And he actually said, um, so I, I, I found out that um, lay people can do blessing services for funerals. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. And I was like, I read, I read this book. I read this book about like how, how like for like youth ministers and it was youth pastors. And so it was like, it was like advice for youth pastors. And one of them was volunteer to do every wedding and funeral that comes up at the meeting. Like just get, show that you're a team player. And I was like, I wish I could do that. Um, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't perform a wedding, you know. Um, but apparently, I can do funerals, and so I, I'm I'm doing that. Um, I'm I'm going to. We want we want our our kids to be more involved in the liturgy. We want them to be altar servers. We want them to be lectors. And I realize, like, I can tell them sign up for altar server training, but if like they see me on the altar serving, they'll be like, okay, he he's doing it. We'll do it too, you know. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm I'm excited to get more involved in the liturgy of the parish, and honestly, in a similar vein, I'm excited for the writing that I'm looking that I'm looking at yeah. doing. Yeah. Particularly because I'm I'm not writing about evangelization. Like I, I'm doing I'm doing stuff for Life Teen. I I'm I'm doing something for the Catechetical Review. So like I'm writing about evangelization a little bit, but I'm really excited to write about things that are like like Catholicism lived as opposed to just writing about Catholicism because there's already too many articles about, you know, the, the, the teaching church teaching on the Eucharist. There's too many podcasts. You know, there's, there's too many podcasts. There's too many, there's too many. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to write, especially because I think in the future writing will be more of what I do and it'll be more of my day job. And so I can just volunteer at a parish instead of work for one mm. because like if i if i had money out if i was if i was able to have an income outside of the church i would absolutely not work for the church because my ministry like right now my ministry is like a financial burden on my parish what if it wasn't you yeah, know right 
and, and that it, is it, the it, dream is like you the evangelization that we do should not be dependent on whether or not the parish is financially can capable pay of supporting for it, yeah. you. Yes. Like we should be able to do it. We should feel the freedom to do it outside of the realm of official, official, being it being official. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's what I'm excited for in 2021. That's great. Um, I, everybody's, everybody's all excited about this vaccine. We'll see if it works. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I hope it works. I, I don't hope that it doesn't work, but uh, <laughs> I just I just think that it might take a bit longer than maybe people expect. And so, just preparing for the worst rather than um, trying to jump the gun is is kind of yeah. where I'm at. So just like taking it easy, chilling. Um, I'm excited to to read more. I would I would like to. Uh, I read 26 books this year, unless I finish one today, which I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> Which is is not bad, but I would like to. No, that's that. really good. I would like to up that to to over thirty, maybe thirty five, if I can if I can get there, and just really, I I really have found. I was talking to Emma about this a long time ago. Is that like the the things that I'm most interested in in talking about and learning about and understanding is history and culture and how uh, cultures develop and how ideological thought develops and how history has worked to bring us to where we are now or how things precipitated uh, certain conflicts, certain ideologies, certain, uh, I guess, decisions that were made on national scales and local scales and, and all these things. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. And so just trying to figure out like zeroing that in, okay, maybe it's, I want to learn about the, the Protestant reformation and like start there, you know, and like the history and things, you know, building up to that and the, the fallout and the aftermath and all of that stuff, but just really understanding the, the history and the culture aspects of a particular time period. I think like each year, maybe moving forward, I want to start picking different areas. So maybe this year it'll be 1500s, you know, for late 1400s, early 1500s Europe. Um, and then maybe I'll move into, to something else maybe i'll go earlier maybe I'll, i need to learn about rome i don't know anything about rome mm-hmm. which would be cool uh, i just know it wasn't built in a day that's exactly but like that that kind of idea is is where i want to go so maybe being more structured in what i choose to read and what i choose to learn about because um, right now it's kind of just shooting from the hip whatever whatever might come um so yeah that's uh, that's something that i want to do and i think will be really really cool if i can actually get it off the ground um, that that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, you're 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 gonna hear about it. I like reading freaking pod. We're gonna hear we're gonna hear all about it. I the, what I like about you reading more is that we will never be at a loss for topics. Exactly. That's what I'm excited about. Except for when we are almost every week. That's what. That's why I'm excited for twenty gra twenty one. Twenty gra twenty one. It's coming fast, baby. Uh, shoot. Is there anything else that you that we haven't mentioned that you want to get into? Um, no. Do you want to do a Dr. Ethan's dating corner? I would love that. Nothing more okay. would make me happy. All right, sweet. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from an anonymous person. I have a dating question. Pretty please don't use my name. You can give me a community character name. So Abed sent in um, 
I don't know. I think this might be a woman. Uh, this past July, I had a reversion to the faith and dove headfirst into being involved at my Newman Center. I found the Woo-hoo. community I have longed for my entire life. I love these people so much. I'm part of a committee where I have a low-key crush on a guy, obviously a woman, mm. who runs it. I am a junior. He's a senior. We haven't seen each other in person much because of the midst of co- I'm just kidding. Uh, because yeah. of COVID. Because we're maintaining social distancing. And have only mm-hmm. talked about committee stuff. So we don't. they, don't, they only talk about <laughs> work. I've never dated a Catholic guy or any guy, honestly. But I'm interested in discerning wholesome dating with this guy. Do you have any tips about being a girl and making the first move? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How to I'm be a girl means- by Ethan and Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming she means, do you have any tips about being a girl making the first move? The committee and being involved at Newman Club is extremely important to me. I don't want my romantic interests to distract me at all from that. Sincerely, Abed. Uh, let's call her Helen from Drake and Josh because that's Helen girl, from Drake and Josh. That's a that's a girl that's in community. Um, so Helen from Drake and Josh, man, it's really hard because you're a lady, and so there's only so much that you can do. Uh, because I mean, I guess you could ask him out if you really, really wanna. Uh, could go well, could not go well. It just depends on the kind of person that you are and the kind of relationship that this might be i i want to zero in on the whole discern dating thing dating is discernment there's you, yeah. you can't like discern whether or not you're going to discern um because then you'll just never do anything and so yeah just realizing that there you there really is a very little other than like is this person objectionable you know yes or no if the answer is no then it's like well and they ask you on dates like each date that you go on is an opportunity for discernment. And then at a certain point you, you decide like we're going to continue to discern intentionally or we're not. Um, and that would be the, when you become boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. Um, and so there's no, that's I, when you get to hold hands and trade lollipops. Yes. And so don't, don't overthink it. It also doesn't sound like that, that you guys talk that much, but also it's COVID things. So who knows? But I would just say like, be open to, to whatever. If he asks you out, say yes, don't really, don't overthink it. Um, and if he's not asking you out, there's, we have lots touch of his arm, touch his arm. We have lots of topics hint. on this. Yeah. Touch his arm, flirt with him, uh, talk to his friends, you know, mention how you just would really love a Catholic guy and then kind of look at him and blink, you know, like how girls do, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How do we how do we get around this COVID thing, Patrick? Like this is the problem. You guys only talk about work. You're not really seeing each other in casual settings outside mm, of uh, yeah. Like how? What is the maybe start a Zoom call and yeah. and say kind of like send a message out to everybody. Okay, here's what you do. I'm inviting them to the Zoom call and then <laughs> I've got it. I've, I'm locked in. So you probably have a group me for this committee that you're on say, Hey, I would love to have a meet. Like we need to have a meeting about blah, 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 whatever. It doesn't matter how we need to have a meeting about this thing. Send a zoom link, but like change one letter of the zoom link so that it, it errors, right? Like, and everybody clicks on it. They're like, Oh, it's not working. What you do is only send the correct zoom link to this guy. That's and awesome. Say, and say like, Oh, Hey, here, like text him individually. Say, Hey, here's the correct link. And then boom, you, all of a sudden you guys are on a zoom call alone for like 10, 15 minutes. And you're texting the group me like, Hey, sorry, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then, uh, you can have the real meeting after you guys have gotten some alone time together so that you could just manipulate the technology. That's such a, a good idea. And such a good idea. Boom. You're in it together. It's beautiful. I think that'll work. That's what you got to do. All right. Helen from Drake and Josh. Let me know how it goes.
She also asked a question about evangelizing with her uh, with her Newman Club during COVID and like bringing in people who are not Catholic. How have you done? How have you guys figured out how to like bring in non-Catholic people to your focus things? You have to uh, be willing to meet strangers, and as uncomfortable as that sounds, that's how I've met, and all, most of us have met the the non-Catholics that we that are in. Our she means like studies. during COVID, like while maintaining social distance. Right. That's what I'm saying is like you have to have a mask on. You have to go out onto campus. You have to find people who are maybe sitting down at a table or something and just saying, hey, do you have some time to talk? Which is really awkward and really weird because you have a mask on. They have a mask on. You're kind of far away from them. Um, but you just have to do. That's what you have to do um, or set up. We, we set up some kind of like booth where we had, you know, whiteboards. It's like, what's the meaning of life? We're handing out popsicles and stuff. Um, some some students came by or we did it like every day for the first week and some students came by and they were like, do you guys have a permit for this event? And we were like, no, <laughs> like, well, you're supposed to have a permit for gatherings. I was like, this isn't a gathering. These people were walking by and just stopped. Like, that's not my, that's not up to yeah. me. Um, so you kind of have to get creative. Where's your and paperwork, then, Wazowski? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't file your paperwork last night. Um, you have to kind of push the boundaries a little bit, do a lot of as many things outside as you can, which I know is really hard in the winter. Um, but finding because students if they're students on campus they're gathering somewhere like they are congregating somewhere so just figure out where that is go and then just face the awkwardness of walking up to somebody who's busy who has their headphones in who's on their phone who's eating who's talking to somebody and just say hey do you have a minute what's going on you know and like we've had the best conversations with people who are just sitting at tables by themselves we walk up say hey what's your name what are you up to what have you got going on today yeah. And then they'll talk, they'll talk for 15, 20 minutes because they haven't talked to anybody in weeks, mm-hmm. you know, you and gotta, you gotta get out of the March mentality. We're not, we're not in March anymore. We're not in March. We're not in March. Like it's, you're right. You still gotta be careful, Yep. but you can be careful and also do generally the same things you were doing before. Right. Just if and you walk into a bar and you see it's packed with like a hundred people and no one's wearing masks, maybe skedaddle, you know? Like <laughs> Right. So just uh, just don't let fear rule the ministry. Think of like, what can Jesus do on this campus and how can we cooperate in that rather than like, what is the university allowing us to do and how can Jesus work within that? Like, that's the wrong way of, of thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so just making sure you're starting from the, the correct first principles. Yeah, I want to make sure that that question got answered because it was a good question. It's a great it question. tied to a doctor. Ethan Satan Corner. That's a great way to get your topic talked about. Just kidding. Don't exactly. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, do you have any other thoughts on, on, on either of those things? No, I think, I think, uh, you're doing great. Um, especially it's hard, especially for like a recent convert, recent, recently involved in Newman club. It's, and also in the midst of a pandemic, um, Ugh. I'm sure it's really tough to like circumvent these things, but, uh, just as always this is a very good ministry tip in general. Don't put any constraints on yourself that don't need to be there. Sometimes we yeah. trick ourselves into thinking there are constraints like, oh, I can only talk to my kids on Sunday or I have to I have to have a youth group event uh, every other day or like I have to do a Bible study with my kids or I have to I have to make sure that um, we have adoration once a month. Like you don't have to these things you have to. Like there's no there's no rules outside of like well okay there are rules but it's like the the first like Ethan said the first principles are what is God doing on this campus, and then how can we cooperate with that? It's not what are the general quote unquote rules? What is our ministry always done? What are our yearly yeah. events? And how can yeah. Jesus work through those? 
And the other thing too is just remembering that Jesus desires these souls way more than you do, and Mary desires these souls way more than you do, and all the saints desire these souls probably more than you do. And so praying for Jesus to bring people to you, because you might be trying and it might not be working. What you need to do is you need to stop and make sure you're you're praying intercessory prayer for the people on this campus saying, Jesus Bring me to the people who I need to be brought to. Bring the people to me who need to be brought to me. Make it easy. Make it clear. And he'll do that. Like he will bring people out of the woodwork and you'll be like, what, where did this person come from? How is this possible? But when everything hinges I'm going to go, I'm going to go pray daytime prayer after this. I'm going to ask that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for that. And then next week on the podcast, I'll have a story. I don't know. Exactly. Who knows what it'll be? Who knows what it'll be? People come out of nowhere and you're like, this guy's a legend. Where did he come from? And it's just, it's all a fruit of prayer and it's a fruit of Jesus always like, what's that first thing of the, in the catechism? God is always drawing man to himself. Um, that might be like paragraph, paragraph 30 or something like that, but I read the whole thing, but I skimmed it. I'm just kidding. Um, so just, just pray. You have to pray. That's, that's it. That's all I think. Remember in 20 or 21, it's time to pray. That should be a great, that's a great theme. That's my theme for the year. Word of the year. Pray, 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 baby. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash the Crunchcast. Our membership. I know you forgot to do it because you didn't stop your car, but now that you're at your destination, take out your phone. has really declined. Uh, We're not getting as many requests to join as we have in the past. So uh, hop to it. I know you're there. I know you have Facebook. I know you use it, even though everybody says that they don't. I know that you do. Because you're addicted Unfollow to all your media. friends and only follow your friends on the crunch. That's Boom. that's what we that's what we're telling Patreon. you. Patreon.com slash the crunch if you want to support us. You're in giving, it's a tithe. It doesn't count on your tax, but it counts on your soul. So uh <laughs> Patrick, you have anything else for the people? I am going to go take my last shower of twenty twenty because I am a stinky boy. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next year. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.